Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. What's good? It's Chris Styles. We back with Chapter 3, one of my favorite chapters, Men, Women, and Relationships. Oh, man, so much to be said about this chapter. I know this chapter uh, could spark a lot of conversation and and dialogue, and I think that's the beauty of it. So hopefully you digest this chapter in a healthy way. Um, the words in here it was so potent for me and written at such a tumultuous time that I'm sure it'll, it'll hit. It'll definitely hit. <laughs> this is Trapping Anonymous. My name is Chris Dabbs. It's only entertainment. Please don't get me indicted. Bloody but I'm bowed. Don't forget to to purchase that audio book on iTunes, Amazon, and Audible. You could also receive a hand copy signed by me and a personal message in the back on bloodybuttonbow.bigcartel.com. I'll make sure I get that to you. Let's get it. Chapter 3. Men, Women, and relationships. You are a product of your environment. So choose that environment that will best develop you towards your objective. W. Clement Stone. I've always avoided relationships for fear of getting my heart broken. What I didn't realize that my career was this relationship and eventually she would leave me, breaking my heart. The warnings were always there. The signs telling me to calm down, Take some time off. Don't sleep with this woman. Don't take that extra drink or go to another party. Heal from your traumas and slow down. I never listened to these warnings. My gift and talent was too good. Once I touched that stage, I knew that this game, this relationship, I would be in forever. What I didn't realize was that sex, partying, and not valuing myself or the women was a path that only led to a negative place. The love of my life, the game, would grow tired of giving me warnings and begging for my attention. All of my girlfriends came into my life as a result of doing what this generation classifies as relationship shit. Relationship shit can be defined as specific things done between two people who are not really a couple, but who are together. These two people are not exclusive, but they have an unspoken agreement not to have sex with anyone else. Does this sound confusing and a bit ridiculous? Great, because that's exactly what it is. As ridiculous as it was, it was the only kind of relationship that I agreed to or accepted. 
My interactions with women would always consist of doing things that two people who are actually in a relationship would do, except I would never actually assume the title. Chris, what are we? was a question I avoided like eye contact with a teacher when you don't want to be called on. It was always complicated, and not by mistake, but by design. I used to use this vague explanation of what I wanted from a woman, and it didn't include commitment. It was okay to cuddle, cook, clean, exchange gifts, on birthdays and holidays, vacation, exchange advice, and even meet each other's friends. However, don't you dare bring up that R word. We can do relationship shit, but we can't actually be in one. Giving my all to someone when I could be focusing on my craft, making money, touring, and living my best life? Yeah, it just wasn't happening. My generation, like many others before it, saw the divorce rate skyrocket. We witnessed our parents enter and stay in relationships that they should have left ages ago. Others were raised by single parents that were severely depressed and always directing their anger toward the child. We focused on mental health and healing from traumas. My generation was not our parents' generation, and we figured out a way to make marriage work. I came to the conclusion that the answer was simply not to be in one. There should have been a course in high school on how to be in a healthy relationship, but instead we learned about sex and sexual organs. We learned what things were, but not how we should be with others. I also had to learn how to be a good person instead of looking for people who could be good to me. Let's have a threesome, I said to my girlfriend at the time, knowing that she wasn't physically attracted to women or even curious about what it would be like to have sex with one. She gifted me the world, anything I wanted. Designer clothes, jewelry, vacations, money, credit cards. She even gave me a car. In my senior year of college, I'd hit the jackpot. A good woman from a good home, and she was willing to give me my heart's desire. This was the first time I had ever called someone my girlfriend, and it wasn't because I actually liked her. It was because I liked what she could do for me. We traveled to every island on each trip. I posted pictures as if I were alone, and mentally, I was. Ashamed to publicly call her my girlfriend, I kept my relationship a secret and used privacy as an excuse for why I did it. My behavior would serve as a blueprint for how I dealt with women for the next eight years. My only concern was what I could get out of them without actually giving anything. Only insecure women who thought they could buy my love and affection were allowed in my space. The kind of women who used what they had to control their relationships. It was always a road that led to stress and bad karma. Two broken pieces desperately needing the other to make them whole. Another human being should never be the reason you feel whole. Maybe we should enter relationships already healed from our brokenness and traumas, or at least having begun the process. Hurt people tend to hurt people, and our deepest struggle with this concept is that most of us are either unaware that we are hurting or in denial about it. I was never loyal to her, only to my craft, only to the game.
A little later in life, I would meet a popular and successful influencer who would fall head over heels for me on our first encounter. We met at a game night in passing. I cracked a few jokes and worked the room, as I typically did. The very next day, I checked my Instagram and boom, there she was. Liking several pictures I had posted, and to no surprise, there was a direct message from her in my inbox. I'm not new to this. I'm true to this. So I liked pictures, made a joke about her stalking me, and the next two weeks would serve me well. She took me to a concert on our first date, came home with me, we had sex. But what kept her was my impressive and misleading ability to cuddle. Cuddling was my most powerful tool. I hold close and tight, protecting as if letting go would bring death to me. How simple and effective. She needed more. Drove back the very next day, but didn't stay long because she had been traveling. Before catching her flight around the country, she left me the keys to her brand new Mercedes Benz. My eyes lit up like fireworks on the 4th of July in New York City. I drove around taking pictures and going places I had never even been. Getting gas was an event. Anything done in that car seemed monumental. What happened next would perfectly parallel the relationship I had with her. Exciting, but short-lived. Leaving an event late that night, I... I... I crashed the car. It was a total loss. I managed to drive back home, but it wouldn't have made it any further than that. What in the world was happening? I don't even crash my own car. How could I be living this way? We met only a week prior. She's going to kill me. You're never going to speak to me again, I said on the phone. A tactic I often use when you know the person is so into you, there's nothing that'll make them leave. After explaining what happened, she flew home and wasn't even as devastated as I knew she would be. After all, she still had what she wanted, and that was me, and indebted me at that. She flew us to Panama later that week. Is this woman completely out of her mind? Something has to be mentally wrong with her, I thought to myself. But who turns down a free vacation? She bought me an entire wardrobe for the trip. By the time we arrived home, I was sure. I never wanted to see her again. After all, I wasn't that into her anyway. And if you only knew the price tag that came with dealing with one of these gift givers, at what point is it not worth the money? At what point do you realize that you'd rather wake up in a shack with someone you actually enjoy instead of waking up in another country beside a person you despise? I was a loner who never wanted to be around any woman for more than 48 hours. But anyone without a price tag hasn't been offered enough. She was older and more established. She knew how to impress me and keep me wide-eyed. We used each other in different ways. I gave her my company and she paid me for it. Eventually, I learned what it means when people say that you can't put a price tag on happiness or peace of mind. Do you have any idea what it's like to be with someone who you are just using for whatever they can give you? It seems extremely easy, but it takes a lot of work, not because you actually have to do much, but because 
You have to pretend to like them. Pretending is exhausting. It catches up to you like anything else. This hot boy lifestyle was taking its toll on me. It gave me the superficial things that seemingly everyone wanted, but it left my soul as empty as a bankrupt account. There comes a time when the gifts, trips, and other things that money can buy no longer satisfies your spirit. Your old highs become new lows. Some people are so poor that all they have is money. I became a slave to receiving and never giving, and it left me alone. What good is it for a man to gain the world yet forfeit his soul? Mark chapter 8 verse 36 The divorce rate is as high as it's ever been, and it's steadily increasing. People have begun to realize that they don't have to stay with a person for any reason. Mental health is being frowned upon a lot less than it used to, and financial stability is just more important than love at the moment. When you factor all this change into society, coupled with social media, online dating, and the culture of blocking people the minute they do something you don't agree with, love stood no chance with me. I lived in a microwave environment where everything was instant and nothing was worked for. This false sense of entitlement held me hostage and made me a slave to the spoiled lifestyle. My personal world may have bred me this way, but the actual world we all live in would teach me the consequences. One of the things I learned in therapy was that I wanted a relationship, but I did not want to compromise anything in my life. The idea that one day I'll meet the perfect person that likes what I like, treats me the way I desire, and will live happily ever after. That was a fairy tale. Nobody was coming to enter my life and complete me. Instead, I had to become the person I wanted to be with. My experiences were my frame of reference, and I hadn't been to a wedding until I was 27 years old. However, I attended so many baby showers that I lost count of the number. I was becoming the product of my environment until I had made the choice to change. There was a certain comfort in sticking to my old habits, but the unsettling fear of change became the comfort in my affliction. Is she even what I like? Is she even what I want? Like brand new sneakers you've only dreamed of having. Once you get them, the fantasy ends. I've done too much to leave her now. So I'll wear the sneakers anyway. A woman's worth was assessed by the things that she could do for me, not because they were actually good people. It was always about whether or not she could cook, clean, sexually please, hold you down, be a ride or die, keep your secrets, be there when you're down, forgive you for anything you may have done, give you money, and of course, she could not have been with anyone you know. Growing up, I learned all these things made you a good woman. But how was she as a person? What was her upbringing like? How does it affect her today? What could you do for her? How does she respond to those acts? How do you make each other better people? These are some of the questions I should have been asking myself. As I matured, it became clear to me that I am a part of a culture that does not value women, especially black women. 
From birth, a woman is groomed and prepared. She is taught how to dress, how to speak, and how to eat at a table or carry herself appropriately. In many cultures, women are constantly being nurtured in a way that will be pleasing to a man, a way that will one day make them suitable for a man to marry in his eyes. Women mature faster than men. Is a quote that repeated itself over and over, like a ritual song or prayer. But the truth is, they don't. Society forces women to grow up faster and act more mature than their male counterparts. And if they don't, it's considered not ladylike. However, men are told, boys will be boys. In other words... A man's behavior is not monitored in the same way, and therefore, not much that he does is frowned upon. We don't hold men to the same standards. This pressure to be perfect falls squarely on the shoulders of the woman. No individual is more oppressed in America than the black woman. This is a known fact, and our culture doesn't do much to build up their own. The world around me did not go against this mistreatment of women, the music videos, movies, and examples that I saw growing up mostly fed the stereotype of this ghetto, unapologetic, I-don't-need-no-man character. As effective as our culture's poison was on me, it showed no mercy to the women around me. It was acceptable to disrespect each other because we didn't respect ourselves. What kind of man was glorified in my culture and society? Was it the one with a good education, a job, and good morals and principles? Did he read books and seek out his purpose in life? Was he into the arts or some other hobby? Was he God-fearing, attended church, and volunteered within his community? I grew up in Brooklyn, New York. And let me tell you just about the man that women in my neighborhood and schools wanted. They were drug dealers, scammers with fast money, and they lived an even faster lifestyle. Women wanted the men that all the other women wanted. It wasn't the traditional good or quote-unquote nice guy. Those men were taken advantage of. They finished last. It was the men who cut school, did drugs, had little respect for themselves or anyone else. Those were the men that the women in my community wanted. The ones who did as they pleased, followed no rules and answered to nobody. Not only were the women attracted to these men, but these were the men other guys wanted to be like. It was the man with many women. He had his pick of the litter. How could I not want something so desirable growing up? I idolized this negative image of a man. What I wanted to be didn't just start or stop in my neighborhood. When I turned on the TV, the music videos and songs only pushed that bad boy image. I could not wait to become this vision of a man, and I became exactly that. Life gives us exactly the things we ask of it. Be careful what you wish for. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall certainly find. These aren't just clever lines. They are laws. What you put into the universe is what you get. The things you desire will manifest if you believe that they will. The wishes of my heart have always been granted. 
What I've truly wanted and surrounded myself with has always been given to me. You are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. I had to evaluate those five people I spoke with and spent time around the most. But it didn't end there. You must also evaluate the five people they surround themselves with because it all has an effect on you. Their influences become your influences. Nicholas Christakis and James Fowler discovered if a friend of yours is obese, you have a 45% chance of gaining weight over the next two to four years. However, if their friend is obese, you face a 20% chance of gaining weight even if you've never met them. You aren't just the people around you, but the people around them as well. Unfortunately, it wasn't just the people I hung out with, but the movies, the music, and environment that I ingested every single day that shaped the individual that I became. That black culture of entertainment fed my subconscious mind on a daily basis. It did some good things for me, but the overall damage was greater. Make positive deposits into your subconscious mind. Good things, words of affirmation, knowledge, love, forgiveness. Feed your soul things that will benefit you when you least expect it. Whatever we plant in our subconscious mind and nourish with repetition and emotion will one day become a reality. Earl Nightingale. The sobering truth is we're no good for each other. Two broken souls with no desire to change. Our environments have imprisoned our minds. We must unlearn, but that's too much work. Let's have a drink. After all, we do look good on paper. <laughs>